0: He does. chapter 19 performance and perfection understanding how to properly evaluate and grade yourself the postic and mishle says the righteous man gets knocked down seven times and yet still he gets up Hashem does not expect the same result from every single person. The Medrash says, EIN HAKADOSH BARUCH HUBO IN BRIYOSA VBITRUNYA VELOI NOSAN LOHEM CHUKIM KADAY LIYAGON VKADAY LITARDEN MEN OILAM VEIN HAKADOSH BARUCH HUMEI VYASA adam BADIN ELA AL DOVA SHIN ITSTAVA UBIYODOI KOYACH LASAIS KADAY SHYODIN Hashem does not make impossible demands on people and He does not give us rules and regulations in order to destroy the quality of our life. Hashem would never ask someone who has a broken back to lift a 400-pound weight and carry it for a mile. And the Medrash brings a proof that when Hashem commanded us to sacrifice animals, He didn't ask us to bring animals that were hard to find or hard to catch. Can you imagine an old Jewish rabbi with a white beard running after a deer? Because he needs to bring it for a sacrifice? Or how about wrestling with a hippopotamus in order to schlep him up the ramp of the mizbeach, the altar, and try to slaughter him with his fingernail? Or imagine if you had to catch a tiger or an alligator or a shark? Yish. This would be a really dangerous religion. And so what does this have to do with you and me? I figured you were thinking that. See, throughout your life, you will also face various challenges. Sometimes you're going to stand up to them, but other times you just won't. And your job is to do the best that you can. And when you fall, and you will fall, your mission is then to get up. The right way to look at it is that you get paid, let's say, for example, $100 for every time you get hit and don't fall down, but then you get $1,000 for every time you do fall down, but then you get back up again. As long as you don't give up and you keep trying your hardest in any given situation, then you are doing the will of Hashem and you are a hero. So what does Hashem want from us? All He wants from you and me is to try and try and never stop trying. Before Pesach, we are commanded to search for and destroy, seek and destroy any bread, in our possession. However, what happens if you have a little hole in your floor or wall? I mean, how are you supposed to retrieve every single crumb? Are you supposed to start breaking down your house in order to find every last tiny crumb? Are you meant to act like some kind of undercover agent searching for every terrorist hiding in the mountainous terrain of the Pakistani border? Certainly not. The only requirement is for you to check ad shayodai magas as far as your hand can reach. If you have short stubby hands with thick fingers that can't fit into the small cracks then you do not need to go call a skinny fingered friend to come help you. As long as you try the best according to your ability and you truly search for those crumbs as much as you can then you have fulfilled your obligation even if there are still crumbs in the walls or floors. This is a very good example because it really brings out the whole point. Of course, the worst thing in the world, you're over on so many Averis to have a crumb in your house on Pesach, and yet you're not over anything if it's beyond your reach. And the same applies to all aspects of serving Hashem. If you take it seriously and you really try your hardest according to your current ability, not someone else's ability, and not even your ability on a different day, your current ability right now, then you have fulfilled your entire responsibility. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Judging effort. Reb Fievel was a 6th grade Rebbe for over 30 years. As usual, he sat down in the quiet teacher's office to mark up his latest test that he gave his students, when suddenly he fell into a deep sleep. He dreamed that an old man with a long flowing white beard appeared and offered to assist him with marking the tests. As they went over each kid's test, the answer each boy wrote was mysteriously blank. And in its stead, a number magically appeared that rated how much effort the boy put into finding the correct answer. The old man taught Revival the mystical secret of how to really mark each test based only on the effort of each boy, the effort that each boy put into trying to get the right answer for the test. Later, the next day in school, when the Rebbe handed out the graded tests, boy were the boys shocked as each kid did not receive the test based on his right or wrong answers, but it was based on on how hard he tried. Just imagine if Hashem would be the one grading our tests in school. The brilliant boy who easily remembers everything the first time around and has the ability to just spit it out, spit out all the information with virtually no effort, would be shocked at his weak grade. Whereas the child, who always tries so hard, but is up against so many obstacles, whatever they may be, would also be amazed at his fantastic mark because in hashem's eyes it is this student he is the one who is the Metsuyin, who excels and he is the one who truly deserves to be the valedictorian of the class the tamana shavua the tamana chidus of this class will be the one who tried hardest let's bring an example to prove the point unlimited tolerance Ari was looking for a supervisor to oversee his many companies. Tovia, a sharp and capable fellow, had been out of work for over a year and applied for the job. The interview went extremely well, and Ari agreed to pay Tovia a salary of $180,000 a year plus benefits. After the first week, Tovia came into Ari's office, huffing and puffing. He said, "'Oh, listen, Ari, I'm so appreciative that you hired me, but but I have a big problem. My wife just became ill and needs to be hospitalized for at least six months. I have no one to help me with my ten kids. I need to get them to school every day, do the shopping for them, cook supper for them. There is just no way that I can work every day for, for, for a full day.'" Ari looked at Tovi compassionately and he said, "'Don't worry about it. I completely understand your situation.'" Just come on in for a few minutes each day, and I'll keep your salary and bonus exactly the same. After a few more weeks, Tovia approached Ari once again. Ari, Ari, I have bad news. The doctor said my wife needs to live in a, a warmer climate, so we must move to California, and I won't be able to come in to work anymore. Ari looked at Tovia with tremendous compassion, and he said, No, don't worry about it. Just come on in whenever you can, even if it's just one day a year. And don't worry, I'll keep your salary and your bonus in place. Note, please do not try this with your boss. Doesn't it sound absolutely impossible for a boss to react that way? Would you like to have a boss who is as understanding as Ari? I bet you would. Well, guess what? you have one think about the following the torah tells us in Yahishua, the higgiboy yaimam velaila we are obligated to learn torah all day and all night that's the actual obligation when it comes to marking your diligence in torah study what do you honestly think your grade will be how many hours do you really learn every day, and how many at night? Do you even come close to the Higisa B'yayman V'layla, learning all day and all night? If not, do you think that there is any way that you could possibly be rewarded for learning all day and all night? And yet the Gemara says, Oh, when it says, the Higisaba B'yayman Valaila Wow! Amazing! The commandment to learn all day and all night is only if you can. However, one who cannot do so can fulfill the same obligation, how? By properly reciting Kriyash or once in the morning and once at night, and Hashem considers it the same as if you learn Torah all day and all night. Wow, that's a pretty awesome deal. Now, of course, you can't outsmart the system. The Chiyav is to learn every minute that you can. But the point is, for someone who really can't, Look at how Hashem is so incredibly merciful and He says, I understand you can't give me one minute in the morning, one minute at night, and I will count it the same as the other person who is learning all day and night because he was able to. That proves that Hashem is not out to get you. He's not unrealistic. He is understanding that as long as you're trying your best, whatever you cannot do, He will understand and consider it. But hang on a minute, one second. What if it's even too difficult to properly concentrate for the few minutes that it takes you to recite Kriya Shema in the morning and at night? What then? Is there no other way for you to fulfill your obligation to learn Torah all morning and all night? Let's review. You're really supposed to learn Torah 24 hours a day. But if you can't, we figured out that if you give a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes at night to say Kriya Shema, it'll count as if you learned all day and all night. But what if you can't even do that? But don't worry. Guess what? Hashem, the All-Merciful, is still on your side. He wants you to win the game of life. And therefore, the Arve brings down in Devarim, HaKadosh Baruch Rachum Hu. And therefore, if you study Torah just one day in the year, Hashem considers it as if you toiled in the Torah the entire year. Incredible. Wow. Unbelievable. How is this possible? The Arve Nachal explains, By giving up that one day to sit and learn, what are you showing? You are revealing that the truth is that your inner will is to learn Every day, all day, you're showing, you're proving that if you could, you would. And that's really all that this is all about. Therefore, Hashem counts your inner desire as if you actually did it. This is the supernatural, eternal, everlasting, perpetual, infinite, incredible kindness and understanding of Hashem. That's what you're dealing with. Unlike anything that you will ever encounter in this physical world, Hashem only judges you by your effort and desire, not by results. No two people are the same, and Hashem knows that, and He completely understands each and every one of us with all of our flaws, deficiencies, problems, digus, worries, issues. And He judges us only based on exactly what we individually, are currently capable of doing right now. Wow. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Heavenly grades. Reb Fievel had an interesting way to mark the tests of his 6th grade class. Each boy was judged only according to how much effort he put into his studies. No one knew why Ripfival did this. And when asked about this unique, interesting system, he would mutter something about an old man with a long white beard and a dream and something like that, and no one knew what he was talking about. One day, while marking the test, Ripfival was faced with a difficult question. Shleimi was going through so much in his life that if he had shown any effort at all, Ripfival would give him a hundred But he knew that poor Schleimele had not even put in one stitch of effort into this test. So he had no choice but to give him a zero. Even though Repfeivel marked only on effort, but the boy didn't even put in any effort. He had no choice. And he had to give him a zero. With a heavy, heavy heart, Repfeivel handed out the tests. As he got closer to little Schleimele, tears welled up in his eyes. Rabbi knew that Schleimi wished that he could concentrate and do well. He wished that he could have studied for the test and at least put in a, some sort, a little something, some kind of effort so that he could have gotten a good grade based on his effort. With tears rolling down his cheeks, Rabbi handed Schleimi the test, knowing how much pain this would call Shlemy, but knowing that he had no choice. Schleimi looked at the grade And with rosy cheeks and a big smile, he said, Oh, thank you, Rebbe. Thank you, Rebbe? Rebbe Repfeivel was shocked and confused at Shlemy's elated response. The Rebbe looked at the paper, and right there in front of the zero that he wrote was a one and a zero. Shlemy had miraculously received a hundred on his test. But how? That night, the old man with the white beard appeared to Repfeivel again, In his dream, ah, Fievel, Fievel, you should have known that for this specific boy, in his specific situation, giving it all he got was just pushing himself to show up and take the test. I'm the one who added the one and the zero to his mark. This is the way our loving Father in Heaven grades our life. The Gemara says, If someone says, Amen, may his great name be blessed. With all of his energy, all evil decrees against him are ripped up. The Nesiva Amos points out beautifully, It doesn't say, Bekayach Gadol, with a lot of strength. It says, Bechol kaichai with his strength. Because the lesson is that you are not being compared to anyone else. But even more so, you are not even compared to yourself at other times. If today you feel weak and you push yourself to reach your current maximum concentration level, you have fulfilled all that is required of you. And you can successfully shatter the evil decree that was written against you. The only thing that you need to do is try your best. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Twisted reality. If we would look around the shul and watch how each person davens, we would most likely award best davener to the person who looks like he is davening the best shuckling the most, saying the words out loud, all into it, etc. But when Hashem judges us, he may very well pick someone completely different. You see, there might be a person sitting in the back of the shul who is hardly into it, but he pushed himself to just show up. Or someone who is having tremendous difficulty concentrating, but he manages to keep trying to pull himself together whenever he possibly can. The one who is picked by Hashem as best avener is the one who is trying the most. Even when your service is lacking in physical or emotional strength, it is lovingly accepted by Hashem and calculated according to the effort that you exerted in performing this service. Therefore, your weak service can accomplish as much as what another person who is stronger can only accomplish with much more work we need to internalize on the deepest, deepest level that our Creator does not require perfection. Had Hashem wanted perfection, He would have created robots instead of humans. And then we would never mess up. We would always show up on time for davening. We'd never talk Lashon Hara. We would always control our desires. Actually, we wouldn't even have desires. And then the world would be full of perfection. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that all that is required of you is to do the best that you can do at this particular moment. Therefore, when you feel that you have no energy in you, whether you are drained physically, mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually, you should be inspired when you realize that all you have to do right now is push yourself with whatever energy you can muster up and with that seemingly small drop of service, You can hit 100% of your full requirement that Hashem is expecting from you. The reason that this is such a foreign concept to us is because nothing in our physical world actually works like this. School doesn't work this way. Relationships don't work this way. And your job certainly doesn't work this way. Nobody really cares how hard things are for you. Nobody's judging you by your effort. And therefore, from when we are very young little children, it is ingrained into us that we only get credit for what we actually accomplish. Let's bring an example to prove the point. An uphill battle. The new dynamic camp director always came up with the most exciting night activity games. One night... He picked five of the strongest counselors and brought them onto the camp stage. He then had his helpers carry a very comfortable cushy recliner onto the stage. He explained the rules of the competition as follows. Each of you will sit on the cushy recliner for five minutes and you will get a point for every time that you stand up. But of course, there's a catch. He then called up Schmerl Schmerling, the weakest, nerdiest kid in the camp. Shmerry walked onto the stage holding his suspenders while chewing on a pen cover and proudly waved to everyone. Schmerry Berry, as he was fondly called, will stand in front of you and keep pushing you down, making it really hard for you to stand up. Your job is to stand up in spite of his efforts to push you down. Now, this didn't really look like such a challenge. A strong 280 pound, 6 foot 2, 23 year old counselor against a scrawny 100 pound, 4 foot 8, 10 year old boy? That can't be really hard. You were one of the five mighty counselors chosen. Your turn came and you sat into the deep cushy recliner. Ready, set, go! It was so hard to muster up the strength to get out of the deep cushy cushion and then to try to stand. And since you were so off-balance going against gravity, all this puny weakling had to do is give you a small, tiny push, and down you went. Your whole bunk was cheering you on, but it was just so hard to keep pulling yourself up out of that cushy cushion. But you didn't give up. You kept trying, and you kept ending up right back where you started from. You realized that this is probably impossible. You will never be able to stand up against these odds but you still didn't give up. You kept trying over and over to pull yourself up and out of the deep, comfortable cushion and then to try to stand even though you were being pushed back down and you were off balance, climbing against gravity, pulling yourself up. It was so hard. You thought you did really bad. After your turn, the other contestants also had their turn and they also could not manage to actually stand up. Then the judge wanted to announce the winner. Everyone was confused because none of you actually managed to even get up. So how could there be a winner? But then the camp director announced that you won. Why? Why did you win? You didn't even get up one time. I explained to everyone because the real game was to see how many times you would try to once again face terrible odds and try to stand up. You tried to get up more times than anyone else. So you are the winner. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that falling doesn't prove anything other than the Yitzhakara was too strong for you to win. But getting up after you fall shows that your inner desire and strong will is to still be in the game of life. All Hashem wants from you is to just keep trying and trying and trying and trying, 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 and trying. And now, dear friends, we're up to the end of Section 3. Let's end with parting words of encouragement. The Nesiva Shalom says, Ba'eis navachum eich yuchal When a person finds himself confused and ready to give up because you simply don't see... How can you ever really change? Even with this, you need to have clarity to know this very fundamental lesson. It is not incumbent upon you to finish working on yourself. No one ever demanded victory from you. Ella, the The only thing that is expected is that you must try hard and work with all your might. With those inspiring words, all you need to do is get started. So how about starting right now? Let's review all the authentic Yiddish guides of Section 3. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that by remaining steadfast to your belief that the difficult challenge is being presented to you by a loving God, that is the vehicle that brings you to a closer relationship with Hashem. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that an Nesayan, a test, is actually a challenge whose sole purpose is to give you the opportunity to bring out the potential buried deep within you which could otherwise never be revealed. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that life's difficulties are not a distraction that gets in the way of your real life. On the contrary, those difficulties and challenges are what your life is really all about. It is your specific hardships and challenges that shape who you are and carry you to fulfill your personal mission in this world. Authentic Yiddish Guide believes that every detail of your life, who you were born to, what school you went to, how much money you have, where you live, how many siblings you have, and every single thing that ever happened to you have all been predetermined and designed to specifically set up your life so that you can reach your specific destiny and purpose. Authentic Yiddish believes that it is not only when someone earns $10 million that he has an opportunity to grow and fulfill his life's potential, but even when someone loses, God forbid, $10 million, this painful loss is being given to him by Hashem because he needs this in order to reach his potential and complete his life's mission. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that even your character flaws and personal deficiencies are also specifically placed inside of you by Hashem as part of the setup that you need in order to fulfill your individual purpose in life. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that the foundation of Yiddishkeit is coming to grips with the fact that the master of the universe is not something that we can understand or figure out. Much like trying to fit the sun into a soda can, it is impossible for a physical tiny human mind to grasp Hashem. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that when Hashem gives you a Nisayan, He is actually extending an invitation to you to build the next floor of your personal skyscraper. Your job is to accept the situation and build yourself up by facing the challenge and overcoming it to the best of your ability. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that a person who is fortunate enough to be bitten by Hashem is actually lucky. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that acceptance is your ticket to attaining the highest level, both on this world and in the next world. And that is precisely why the ultimate goal of every Yid, even you, is to build up your trust in the absolute goodness of Hashem, so that regardless of whatever may come your way, you can react with feeling that Hashem, who is full of mercy, compassion, and unconditional love for you, is now giving you some kind of a unique gift, an opportunity that is for your good. Authentic Yiddish believes that all that is required of you is to do the best that you can do at that particular moment. Therefore, when you feel that you have no energy in you, whether you are drained physically, mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually, you should be inspired when you realize that all you have to do right now is push yourself with whatever energy you can muster up right now, and with that seemingly small service to Hashem, you can actually hit 100% of your requirement from Hashem's perspective. Authentic Yiddish guy believes that falling doesn't show anything other than the Yitzhahara was too strong for you to win. But getting up, ah, that shows that your inner desire and strong will is to still be in the game of life. And finally, Authentic Yiddish Guide believes that true freedom is total control over not just your actions, but your mind. Because your mind is who you really are.